Hey there, welcome to Hangry Thoughts, the podcast where we dish out on the best bites on intuitive eating, nurture a healthy relationship with food, and of course, bust some nutrition myths, because fork diet culture. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, non-diet intuitive eating dietitian and an ADHD girly, here to guide you through a joyful journey towards feeling amazing in your own skin and enjoying all foods. Join me as we navigate the world of food with a fresh perspective where guilt-free nourishment and mindful eating take center stage. Together, we'll tackle the myths that may leave you feeling a little hangry or hungry for the real facts. So grab your fork, your favorite snack, and let's dive into the Hangry Thoughts podcast because it is time to embrace a vibrant, satisfying, and empowered approach to food and wellness. What is going on? I'm your host, Abby, and we're just going to get right into it today because we're talking about sugar addiction. Is it as addictive as cocaine? Where did this idea that sugar is as addictive as drugs come from? How do I stop binging or overeating on sugar? These are all things that we'll chat about today. Now, the idea that sugar is addictive is a very popular one, and honestly, a quick internet search proves that. (laughs) And when I just typed in, is sugar addictive on Google, things from, um, let me see, WebMD, the, the trusty source of medicine and nutrition advice, um, Healthline, always good. Um, let's see, who else, who else? The Urgent Care, okay. Um, CBS News, very well fit, whoever they are, some like chef on Taste of Home. I don't know what that is. Outside Magazine. So probably some really reliable sources that are giving us this. But uh, before I really get into this, I want to let you know that any study that I'm talking about today or referencing or used to make this episode is linked in the show notes if you so choose to read up on that material. Um, You know, when we're thinking about sugar addiction, the biggest question I have is, what is this based on? Like, where did this come from? And in my best news anchor voice, stay tuned as the results may shock you. Live on 12 News. (laughs) Right? So, there are probably so many places that you have found this sugar addiction, quote unquote, to be be told, be shared, whatever it was. Like maybe you had one experience at the family reunions barbecue where you went up to go get another slice of pie and your Aunt Karen says, are you sure that you want to have another slice of pie? Mm, I did bring a veggie tray if you want to go have some of that. That might be better for you because sugar is really bad. Did you know that? No, Aunt Karen, respectfully, go away from me. Um... Uh, maybe you're also scrolling on social media and that TikToker slash like wellness guru comes on up and she goes, oh my God, you guys, I need to tell you about my experience with sugar addiction. You need to immediately cut sugar out of your life right now because it is the worst thing that you can put in your body. But anyways, please use my code for athletic greens it is the best thing that I've ever done for my health and my digestive system. And it's all natural ingredients. Sweetie, it's not natural ingredients. Is that ASMR? So 
what is addiction and how can we define it? So addiction is defined as not having control over doing, taking, or using something to the point where it could be harmful to you. Okay. There are certain research studies that have linked this to sugar and have claimed it to be more addictive than opioid drugs with withdrawal symptoms like depression and behavioral problems. And I give that a big, (laughs) there was also a review that was published in the British Journal of Sports Med and another in the European Journal of Nutrition. And they both drew the same conclusion, but in big bold letters, who were their subjects? If we're talking about sugar addiction in humans, we're talking about nutrition in humans, wouldn't you think that their subjects would be humans? Wrong. It's rats. Because why wouldn't it be? (laughs) And side note, I have not found a single study that is not focused on like an animal. There are like no human studies that I have found where it has come to the conclusion that sugar addiction is true for humans. Okay. So now that we have done some jokes, had some ha-has, we know what the real definition of addiction is. What are the findings? Okay. So these are the studies that I said that are linked in those show notes. So the studies found a significance between sugar and drug-like effects like craving, binging, withdrawal, tolerance, and of course, dependence. Withdrawal symptoms were present when, let's say, a person gave up sugar completely, okay, and then from an associated dopamine deficiency. These studies and researchers even went so far as to say and link sugar as this consumption, or sorry, so far as to link sugar consumption to be a cause of ADHD and depression. And actually, another little side note, I think she was my first therapist. It was some therapist that I had during college. She told me I was in, I was seeing her for depression primarily and anxiety. And she said that I was depressed because I was eating cereal that was corn based. (laughs) That is a way to kick a girl when she's down. And also no, that's not why I'm depressed. I'm depressed because there's a literal chemical imbalance in my brain. So, (laughs) so it's things like that. It's things like that where we're told something and it just sticks with us. And especially if it comes from a professional, a researcher, someone that we trust on social media, it makes sense that we, we take this to heart and we believe it. And that's why I think that this subject right here is so important that we chat about. Um, there was an author too in one of the studies, and I might butcher his name, D. Niccolo Antonio. He said, and this is a quote, dopamine deficiency can be temporarily relieved by eating more sugar. Okay. That sounds like it makes sense. Let's keep on going. The research also notes that cravings for both sugar and drugs activate this area in the brain called the nucleus accumbens. Okay, this this brain region is considered to be this interface between action and motivation. It plays a really key role in stress-related, sexual feeding, drug self-administration, behaviors, etc. 
dopamine is released as part of this neural circuit for reward seeking in response to reward predictive cues. And then I mean this in the most capitalized, bolded text you have ever seen in your whole life. However, different parts of the nucleus accumbens are activated when we're looking at food or drugs. While food releases a dopamine response in rats, this effect wanes during a long meal and disappears with repetition. So basically when these rats are being fed, the dopamine response doesn't last. So that's strike number one, okay? Dopamine, we know, is a chemical that's very important in motivation and reward. So after these repeat administrations of sugar that they gave the rats, the dopamine release quickly returned to original levels, and that was not seen in the rats for cocaine or other drugs. So strike number two. The third strike is we need to talk about these environmental conditions, okay? This is probably the most important part of this whole breakdown of this podcast, of this of this subject, because in the dozens of studies that I found, the number one thing that they had in common, there were a lot of things in common, but the number one was food deprivation. Think about it this way. Food is a biological necessity for all living creatures. As humans, it is in our best interest to have an inherent desire to eat for survival, right? And we talked about this in another episode. If I'm restricting myself, if I'm telling myself that I can't eat something, that the food is bad or off limits, I think about it, want it, and crave it that much more. And I mean, it makes sense that this is happening for the rats too, especially if they're being deprived of food. And then in some of these studies, they're only given sugar. So if they're starving and the only food that they have is sugar, isn't there going to be a high release of dopamine when they eat it? Aren't they going to have more of the sugar if that's the only food or the the main food that they have available? Yeah. So in case you're not yet convinced, I want to look at just a few more ways that substance addiction differs from food. And the first one being the withdrawal symptoms, right? We know that true addiction often involves the development of withdrawal symptoms, when, especially when the substance isn't consumed. Or only when. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. When some individuals may experience cravings for a desire for sugary foods, um, they or oh my gosh, it's it's like that time of the day where my brain just, it can't comprehend things right now. So let me start this sentence over. Um, while some individuals may experience cravings or desire for sugary foods when they try to reduce their sugar intake, these symptoms we know are not as severe or pervasive as those associated with drug withdrawal. Okay. And actually, before I continue, I think it's really important that I know I am not trying to invalidate or belittle the experience of feeling addicted to food. And I'm going to get into this in a little bit, but I think it's important that I just say this now. Um, the feeling of, of being addicted to food is very real. And I am not saying that it isn't. Or rather, I'm saying that true food addiction isn't necessarily true. 
And I, I'm going to go through these these next points and, and say my thoughts. And we're going to look at how to stop binging on sugar or feeling quote unquote out of control with it. And again, how that differs. So the second point here is tolerance. If we have um, substance addiction, tolerance typically develops, right? Leading individuals to need higher doses of the substance to just achieve the same effect. And tolerance is not a prominent characteristic of sugar consumption. People don't generally need amounts of sugar or increasing amounts of sugar to experience the same pleasurable effects. The third here is just on daily functioning. Drug addiction often significantly impairs an individual's ability to function in their daily life. It can impact relationships, work, and overall health. While excessive sugar consumption can have negative effects on our health, it typically doesn't lead to severe impairments that are associated with drug addiction. Number four, clinical diagnosis. Addiction to substances like drugs or alcohol is recognized in a a diagnosable disorder in psychiatric diagnostic manuals. This is also called the DSM or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And there's no equivalent diagnosis for sugar addiction. My last point here was cultural and social factors. And I think this one is, is a really big one for us, especially in diet culture. But this perception of being addicted to sugar is influenced by cultural and societal norms regarding diet and health. So while excessive sugar intake can still be harmful to our health, labeling it as an addiction may oversimplify the complex dietary behaviors and choices. So again, I just want to go back to that point of your feelings of being addicted to the food are very real. However, we are not experiencing those types of withdrawals, that tolerance, the impact on daily function, the diagnosis. So that's where that actual addiction doesn't, doesn't come into play. So again, is sugar addictive or not? Well, the research basically says that people feel happy, aka this release of dopamine, by eating food they enjoy and then sad when it's restricted. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, okay? I felt very sad when my food was restricted, aka I was restricting my own food. I was on a diet. I was struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder. It's not fun. It is not fun to be telling yourself you can't have certain foods or certain foods are off limits. We have been conditioned to feel guilty for having the urge to eat, especially when it comes to less nutrient-dense foods. And that is... Like the harshest thing that comes from diet culture is believing that we don't deserve to eat. We haven't earned the right to eat. Or then when we do finally eat, that it wasn't good enough. Another topic that we've touched on already is um, food habituation, right? You will not always want to eat an apple or chicken and broccoli just the same as you're not always going to want sugar. We eat food because it's enjoyable, it gives us connection, brings us comfort, celebration, it's nourishing, and so many more things. When we allow ourselves, like fully allow ourselves to eat foods that feel good for us, mentally, physically, emotionally, 
that we enjoy, that are nutrient dense, when we're allowing ourselves to eat all foods for whatever reason, it no longer has that same power over us where it's going, if I eat this food, I'm bad. I can't have that food. And then I just end up thinking about it all day. In our caveman days, we couldn't hunt or or if we couldn't hunt or forage for food, we would die, right? Like we need food to survive. And although we live in an obviously much more advanced world, like the iPhone 15 just came out, our hunger mechanisms are still the same. We are more likely to binge or become overly full when we reach levels of hunger close to or at starving. Going back to another episode, that pendulum swings, right? If I'm at a one on that hunger scale, it makes sense that when I start eating, my body isn't concerned with what food is available. Do I want something crunchy, salty, sweet, savory? Do I want takeout? Do I have time to prep a meal? No, our body just goes, where's the food I need it now? And typically, our body goes towards those foods that are more calorically dense because it's just worried about getting nourishment. And that's a quicker form of nourishment. Our body doesn't know the difference between a diet, eating disorder, or lacking access to food. To our body, restriction is restriction. It doesn't know if it's a conscious choice or famine. And another perspective on this is a binge can be life-saving by providing your body nourishment and energy. And I I don't want to say that in a way to say that like a a binge feels good. Um, It certainly certainly cannot or may not feel pleasant. Um, But I, I think it's just, it's so tricky. Nutrition and health is so nuanced and complex. And saying that sugar is addictive just oversimplifies it to this point where we start to question our own experiences and our our behaviors, our eating behaviors. In these studies, the rats were deprived of food and then sugar was their only or their main source of nutrition. So eating, quote unquote, a lot of sugar in one sitting and an increase in dopamine makes sense under those circumstances. Another way that we can think about it is this. I didn't grow up with a trampoline in my backyard. I know, what the heck. But my best friend did. So whenever I went over to her house, I was obsessed with going on this trampoline. I thought it was the best thing ever. But my friend would get bored with it like super quickly and then offer up a different activity. She had 24-7 access and permission to the trampoline. It didn't have the same wow factor for her as it did for me. I would go over there and be like, trampoline, trampoline, right? The same happens with food. The more we have access to and permission to eat food, the less, quote, addictive or, quote, obsessed we are with food. These studies show that after repeated access to sugar, the rats became less enthralled or addicted to it. When we let down our mental and physical restrictions with food, it becomes emotionally equivalent. So, No, sugar is not addictive, but if your thoughts are preoccupied with sugar, I I want to encourage you to ask yourself, what is my relationship with sugar like? 
do I give myself unconditional permission to eat sugar? Why or why not? That is all that I have for this episode. Again, link to the studies in the show notes. And of course, if you are wanting any help navigating this, please visit the links in my website to my social media accounts or my website. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you.